This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And uh, the Steelers are just wrapping up their practice session number three here at St. Vincent College as the sun begins to shine. Yeah, as I say, it was like a miraculous <laughs> sun. Ta-ta, practice ended, sun comes out, everything's well. You know, uh, We saw a, a little more 11 on 11 there as we were in the commercial break and uh, Mason Rudolph uh, connecting with Hakeem Butler again. Hakeem Butler had himself a little practice today. Yeah, you made a good point that you know Rudolph realized big guy on a little guy, I'm going to put it where he can shield the little guy off, and Butler did that well. I mean, he was running full speed, which isn't a 4-2 down the sideline. And um, turns and flips his body around on that back shoulder throw, kind of puts his butt on that defender like a rebounder, and that guy's got no chance. No but, chance. You yeah. know, the body control's impressive, though, by Butler. A couple big plays from him. Yeah, and a nice uh, job by uh, by Mason Rudolph recognizing that. He gave a little pump fake, too, to, to kind of tell Butler, hey, cut that, take that up the field. Mm-hmm. It was one-on-one there. And, again, giving your, your receiver, your big receiver, a chance one-on-one to make a play. Yeah, and – I haven't mentioned the name Anthony Miller in a while. He's not here. But I kind of thought when maybe he was let go, which I didn't see coming at the time, maybe that's a, hmm, we got this Butler character and we want to get him those reps, you know, and have a bigger slot or a bigger presence there. I'm just speculating. We haven't gotten a chance to see him do any blocking or anything like that. But right, I right, right. I imagine he might be pretty good at it. Well, if people He's an might Iowa know. State guy, right? Yeah, he went to Iowa State. Yeah. A lot of the draft Knicks thought he'd be like a top 50 pick. Didn't work out great. He's huge. Uh, and he's huge, right. Went to the Cardinals and struggled. But they, and I think other teams, tried him at tight end. I mean, which a move tight end doesn't mean that you're blocking defensive ends time and get him again. But he has, he's hit a sled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least he's done that, you know. So we'll see. I, it would be surprising to me if he's not one of the better blockers on the team. I mean, Boykin's probably the best, but I would think he be, should be right there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe those two guys are competing – Maybe, spot. maybe. I mean, they're two similar styles and size receivers. Boykin brings the special teams, though. Boykin's a very good special yeah. teams player, and that you know, I don't know if you can afford to have two of those guys on your bench. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, that's we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. Uh, but yeah, good day for him, and and uh, you know, real good day for him. He's showing up every practice I've seen here, all three. The body type kind of reminds me of Darren Waller a little bit. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, you because know, Waller was a similar story coming out of Georgia Tech. He was. Not a twitched-up receiver, long strider, big-body dude who also had some off-the-field stuff that's well-known and um, reinvented himself as a downfield tight end type. So it sounds like Butler is now a full – I mean, he's the tight end stuff is over. That experiment kind of failed, but sort of the you know the inverse of that. And people may look at that and say, you know, well, they got enough tight ends and things of that nature. The, the lines are, are so happen. blurred between – what's a tight end and what's a wide receiver. Sure, sure, NFL. sure. More so than maybe ever before. Well, um, Kelsey yeah. and Pitts and those guys, they don't do much tight end stuff receivers. at all. Gusecki and Right, exactly, yeah. I mean, they're big slots. That's what they are, big slots. You can't necessarily look at what the uh, what it says on the the, uh, the, the roster next no. to his name. What does he do? What's what his does skill he do? set? How do they use him? The Put him in motion. Connor Hayward. We were talking about Connor Hayward in the previous segment. Sure. But, you know, if Connor Hayward were, were 20 pounds lighter, you know, maybe he's a wide receiver. Maybe. Maybe he's yeah. a, sl- a little slot. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, he's, you right. know or something along those lines. 
And frankly, I didn't know if they'd call him a tight end or a fullback. It doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. It, it, Kyle Juszczyk does a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's the highest paid fullback in the league. He's not Dan Kreider coming down, blowing up linebackers. They move him all over the place. You know, they get him in motion, runs a lot of routes. I, I think Hayward would be a favorite of the Niners as, as a Juszczyk type. Yeah, practice now has ended and we see some guys uh, breaking off and doing some individual work here with some stuff. And Including how about, Butler. How about Kenny Pickett working down here with uh, big Darnell Washington at red zone stuff? Mm, I was watching uh, Trubisky throwing to uh, Boykin and Butler. Coincidentally, we just lumped those two together. But let's go check out what Washington's up to. Yeah, he's kind of like, Just the two of them, yeah. Yeah, it's just the two of them. And he's running some routes here and breaking open right at the goal line. And that's, you know, using yeah. the big body to shield off. An imaginary defender. Yeah, I think that'll be something they ask of him quite a bit. I mean, he think, is I mean, Gigundis. Yeah, All right. they did about five reps of that, and mm-hmm. looks like they're done. I think, you know, maybe that was something that they they ran during practice. I was wondering if like seven he, shots, he screwed it up or yeah, something. He made, yeah, right. He, no, here's what you want. Here's the depth you want. Here's how you, I want you to run this. And then Ben Roethlisberger used to do that all the time. I guarantee that's what receivers. that was. Now yeah. I think about it, right? Because yeah. let's go do five or six of them or whatever, and. And make sure you know it right, because especially down there. Yeah. I mean, we run this one again two weeks from now. I w- here's what I want. Yeah, show me your big. I mean, and you saw it. I mean, they didn't go quite full speed, but he, he got right to the goal line, where it would definitely be a touchdown if he caught it. Got his big body square to the goal line, parallel to the goal line, gives him a big target. Ball's coming out now. Catch it with your hands. Get in there. You know. Yeah. He must not have done it quite properly. Now he will. Watching Miles Boykin here. He's working with both uh, the backup quarterbacks here. That was a nice mm-hmm. throw by again by uh, Rudolph on a on a post there uh, to Boykin down the field. Put it right right where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. No, I like what Boykin brings to the team. I mean, he's he's not one of your top twenty five guys or anything like that, but he's another one. I mean, we t- we had some Claypool conversations yesterday about you know amazing test score guys coming out of Notre Dame, huge. And I, I really like the Claypool pick because, boy, he played special teams. He blocked. Well, then he didn't in the league. Well, Boykin did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were similar prospects coming out of Notre Dame. Yeah, the only difference was Boykin, I think, went in the third round and Claypool, Claypool went in the second. Claypool in the second. Right, right, right. I mean, they both were great testers, rare size. But one of them's using that size and doing anything he can to stick around. Well, where to do another one... rep here with, with Trubisky. There's the snap. and Boom. That's just a quick comeback there. Mm-hmm. Could be a little bit quicker coming out of that break. Yeah. I mean, that's why. About a 10-yard dig. Mm-hmm. Big body guy, though. He, uh, if you talk to him, I told him this. I was like, you, you should do voiceovers professionally. Oh, really? I've never heard his voice. He's got the, the James Earl Jones type voice. Really? Like, it's, it's very it be deep. Darth Vader. Yeah. Boom. A lot of rep. Yeah, just catching the football here. Um, offensive linemen getting some extra work in. Down That's here. been a big thing, too, is putting on this giant chest protector thing that they've been wearing. Yeah. They do it post-game. It's like it's like a catcher chest protector. Except it's padded, even more and padded. It's yeah. four inches deep, you know, and, <laughs> and they're just, you know, so they don't destroy their body with their punches. <laughs> but practicing getting that punch in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Here's, here's where you want to hit. Green's wearing it right now. He's being the defensive lineman, and they're practicing, yeah. giving each other pointers. With James Daniels right now. Mm-hmm. Daniels showing him what he wants here. He wants him, apparently, to try maybe a little bit of a swim move mm-hmm. here this, this next rep. And, yeah, swim and rip. He wants, to, he wants to get that shoulder. But I've noticed this every practice. Someone puts that on, or they swap it around and you know, practice their hand usage and all that good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good work being done here. And 
You also have another baby on the field there in the end zone. I can't tell who that guy belongs to, but him and his sister, it looks like, are having a good time. One's about one foot tall. One's about one and a half feet tall. <laughs> Running around in the goal line having fun. <laughs> Probably see pretty quickly who they belong to. You, but see, much why, you see why they're called toddlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I had to de- define toddling, that's what that that's would be. That's what they are doing. They're short little <laughs> steps, but they're having a good time, and they are running around. <laughs> looks like Dad's on the ground under there, and I can't figure out who it is yet. But I'm going to take a look here and see if I can figure out. That might be. Some people are blocking them, but yeah. That might be Braden Fajeco. Mm, okay. Fajeco, I should say. I can't tell because. Oh, oh, oh. And the little guy just ran in and tackled Dad. Yeah, that's what they've been doing. They run out to like the 10-yard line, turn around, and just blast Dad as hard as they possibly can. Because <laughs> that's what he wants after a long yeah. practice. <laughs> Look at his daughter out here, like, coming to midfield, running routes. Yeah, I can't tell who Here comes the sun again, coming right at him. Look out, Fajoko. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that is Fajoko. I don't. I can't. I can't tell. It's pretty far. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in between. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. They're having fun though. Um, another uh, practice in the books here for the Steelers. And uh, Trubisky just keeps throwing. Yeah. Now throwing. I think that is. Uh, I, think I couldn't Calvin. tell. Right. I think that's Calvin Austin. It looks like it. He's now, smaller. Yeah. But he doesn't have a jersey on. Yeah. Here's Boykin again. And that's a, you know when people talk about a quarterback getting reps with certain wide receivers. Those two receivers couldn't be any different. I'd say they don't even look like they play the same position. Right. And the way they run their routes is so different. Yeah. I mean, knowing how stride knowing, length. You know, you've got to let go of the football with, with Austin or, uh, uh, much differently than you do with Boykin. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot to learning of, you know, getting to know those guys and all that. They still got Rudolph out there as well. White's with them as well. So a lot of those receivers getting some work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, just good work, period, out here. Um, you know, guys are – this is what you gain from having training camp, in my eyes, you know, at a, at a site like this. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's in a rush to go home. No, right, right. They're so, here. Yeah, I better get home. And, you know, you know, right. See, I, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. It's too early to go to dinner. Yeah. I'm just going to get some extra reps in. Uh, I mean, do I have to shower right this minute, or can I wait another 20 minutes? I mean, who's, what's the difference? Or, you know. Uh, hang out with the guys in the locker room. I mean, so yeah, might as well be on the field for more. Absolutely. I mean, even T.J. Watts out there, right? I mean, right. he's he you know, he's practicing little things like he's he's practicing catching a punch, and it looks like he's teaching somebody else. I'm guessing that's Golden, but it's hard for me to tell. He's catching a punch and then getting through b- between like a guard tackle gap. That may be Armand Watts who is over there with the kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cute kids. They're having fun. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's just something that's really gained by this. Like, again, you're not worried about, i I got to get home. My wife's cooking dinner right mm-hmm. now. The right, kids right. have this going on. No, you're here. You're here, right. So you might as well Real get life doesn't get in the way. Yeah. You might you, as well get the extra work. You're not going anywhere whether you like it or not. And for the quarterbacks in particular, like, and Rudolph's been through this, but, yeah, you know, I, I, your second or third string, you're not getting as many reps as, as Pickett is. You may not get enough throws. Right. right? Like, I wanted to throw the football – 50 more times than I got a chance to in practice. I just because I want to work something out with my motion or my arm or yeah. I would need to throw X amount of balls a right. day. I, had, I, I threw this pass today and I missed it tw- the two times that I threw it. So let's, right, let's right, go right. out there and I want really... to make this throw like 10 times in a row just to. Yeah. Because or, it's all, you know, it's all about muscle memory. Th- throwing mm-hmm. is so much muscle memory. I just feel like I'm not getting enough throws in. Who yeah. knows, you know? And you know, Rudolph's, Rudolph's, Rudolph's always been that way. 
Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, he's always wanting more throws. Like even you know when he was a younger guy, um, as soon as they would go to uh, a special teams portion of practice, he's he'd be down there throwing with whoever wanted to throw. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. You know, just okay. Let's go down and throw some more. And along those lines, it's gotten the point now where it looks like Trubisky's just throwing like these short running back outs, and then uh, I stand corrected because White was doing like a pseudo out route too for Rudolph. So I thought maybe there was, like you said, boy, I missed two of these today. I just want to get that particular route down. But now they're doing a bunch more than that. Yeah. Now they're practicing like a, you know, 15-yard in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not running the full route. He's just running the, the end of the stem. Yeah. So it's good work, and, and you know it, it's more just, for the quarterbacks, probably. Yeah, I mean, but this Getting is ball why out of like, a guy right. like Cody White. When people talk about, you know, he's always on the field. He's always out there. <laughs> he's always, always out there. How this guy stuck balls. around so long? Oh, that's how. Yeah, I mean, what years he in? He's had two years' experience. Yeah, but he's been that's, here longer than that because he spent you know a good portion of that on the practice squad. Yeah, probably um, will again. You know, I, I did a story on him. Uh, I talked to his father, uh, Sheldon White who, of course, is the uh, Steelers pro, pro, scout, pro scouting director. Mm-hmm. And I, I, talked to, I talked to Sheldon at the end of the season for something else, and we started talking about Cody. And um, he just, you know, he talks about how special it is to be able to be out here and watch your son at these training camp practices. No, you you're, right, you're right on the field, and you get to see this stuff. And, like, he said, whenever I'm having a bad day, and he puts on – he has a video of, of Cody from last year's training camp where he made a catch, it was down here to the to the right here on the on the uh, far side, right right by the. They were running like a it was like a, a red zone drill, mm-hmm. and, and and White caught a pass from Trubisky that was well behind him, and like he extended it. Looked, it was like a George Pickens like catch, caught oh, one handed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Whenever I when I'm ever I'm having a bad day, I just throw that video on and like yeah. watch that, and like you know, it kind of brightens up the day." And uh, on so many levels for him, I mean, like. Boy, what a great play by my son. But let's not forget I get to hang with him every day here in Latrobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? It's pretty cool. Now, they did say that they you know, they try to keep things separate when they're at the oh, team facility. Now, right. Cody, Cody White was here first. Sheldon right, good was point, just, good Sheldon point. was just hired last year. And um, so, they, they, you know, it, it was to the point where I guess last year, late last season – a lot of the guys in the locker room didn't realize that Sheldon White was Cody White's father. Mm. He said, and he's, uh, "If it was the other way around, like, oh, you drafted your kid, or right, got your yeah, kid, or whatever, yeah. everyone noticed, but not. I didn't get my dad the job. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, they didn't hire Sheldon White because Cody White was on the practice squad for us. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Good and, point. And it's kind of cool. Like, you know, Sheldon White's telling me you know, like, like one thing that I t- I tell him like whenever you know if he's having a bad day or whatever, if, if something like that happens, or you know, you know, just had a bad day at practice or whatever." Cody White started the game last year, the Monday night game in Indianapolis. Right. They had some injuries there, and so they brought him up off the practice squad, and he actually started the football game. And, and, and Sheldon said, you know, look, I, I tell him, like, you'll have that the rest of your life, regardless of what else happens here. Sure, sure. You started a Monday night football game. like We all know he's not going to be a superstar. I mean, right. he's probably not going to Pro Bowls ever in his career. I mean, he's hanging on the best he can and has outkicked his coverage with his talent. I mean, his – his effort exceeded his talent. And there's a lot to be said for that. And I've never talked to either one of the Whites, father or son. But, boy, it sounds like Cody White's going to be a coach or a scout. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would, like, yeah, without, I mean, yeah, this just, seems like just, it translates. He must love it and has the effort and the upbringing, right? I mean, Sheldon played in the NFL, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then worked in the Lions front office forever uh, before coming out, you know, 
uh, you know, coming over here. He also spent a year with Washington in between that and Michigan State. Um, you know, so, you know, Cody White's grown up around it. Like, you talk to him, he's like, you know, I, I, I watched Calvin Johnson when I was, you know. Probably knew him. Yeah. You know, like, I, I was, yeah, right. You know, I would go to, you know, practices and stuff and watch with my dad. He's probably a ball boy for the line. I, I would never, say, I like, ask him that, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's a ball boy. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, some of these guys are just, you know, it, it's, it can't help but rub off on you in some way. Yeah. So The rain coming down again here now, and guys are still out here getting work in, so. Including T.J. Watt. He is, came over to the autograph seekers, and they are going bonkers. They are going nuts, yeah. as right. you can imagine. Uh, I mean, I bet he was probably right there at the top of the list of autograph kid wants to get. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most popular players in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But that's where the scream is coming from, if you can hear it through yeah, the Yeah, it's off, off here to our right. He's down on the, the field here. And that's the beauty of this. I mean, a lot of environments, you don't have that. You really don't. Right. And, and, it's, and it's just unique. Um, you just see every time he moves down a little bit, you see the, the kids go running down far. Oh, yeah. It's like watching bluegill. If you drop a, a, a an unbaited hook into a into the water, and bluegill come running, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it is right now with uh, T.J. Watt. Um, yeah, he grabbed a pen and started walking over, and the place went bonkers. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a unique environment, and uh, really love being here. This, the team loves being here. Uh, but we're going to take another break. He is okay. Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. Uh, you're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. We are live from the Steelers training camp practice here at St. Vincent College. When we come back, Tim Benz got an opportunity to talk to Rod Woods. Oh, yeah, that's a good day. one. So we're going to hear from, hear that uh, interview. And uh, it's always good to hear from Rod Woodson, one of the all-time Steeler greats, and especially on a Hall of Honor. I'll say on a day where you're yeah. putting enshrining others. Let's do this. Put, yeah. put a guy in there, too. Let's do that when we, uh, we come back right after this. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly. He is. Matt Williamson and uh, Matt as we mentioned in the previous segment um, Rob Woodson was out here for the uh, first day of practice for the Steelers and uh, Tim Benz had an opportunity to catch up with him so I wanted to play that back and let uh, everybody hear what uh, what Woody had to say here so uh, let's get to that right now first thing that comes back is all the hard work that we put in back in the day here I mean we were here for quite a long time you know four and a half five weeks uh, you know, Chuck Knoll was uh, old school philosophy, uh, but he, he, you know, he always hit us with different things each week uh, about, you know, one thing he would tell us all the time was, guys, you got to get on with your life's work eventually. Yeah, when you're 22, though, like, how, like where does that fall? Like, I'm 22. I'm, my life's work right now is football. But then understanding what he meant years later and him just put planting that seed, but then you know, coming in and spending five weeks here when we had to bring in our own air conditioning units, our own, if you wanted a nice bed, you better bring a nice little comfortable mattress in. Anything that you wanted outside of that was the old school dorms. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't nothing here. I mean, now they got ACs and all that stuff. So everything is, is suited for the guys. But that was, that bonded us as a unit and as a group and as friends I mean, we still talk today, all those guys. We all talk, and we, you know, we have a kind of like a, well, more guys do a golfing circuit than I do, but, uh, you know, we all get together and, and chat it up quite a bit. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually played your first year before you got here, right? Because didn't you, you held out your first year, so you missed your first my f- tour through St. Vincent, correct? Yeah, my first rookie year, I didn't sign my rookie contract until October 28th. So I only played, what? 
you know, six games, seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't here my rookie year. I came the following year, right. my second year. Um, You're just like you some know, of these younger players now who missed it for two years during COVID. Yeah. It, well, you know, and I think it's more critical today to have it because you only had three th- preseason games and you have a 17 game. So you, you need that. And you're only here for 16 weeks or excuse me, 16 days. And that you got to bond fast with the teams today where we had time to bond being here and then we had our four preseason games on top of that so we had an extra couple weeks to kind of get things going where these guys today when they come in they got to be ready Mm -hmm. I mean 16 days is not a long time and you only have three preseason games so you got to be ready once the regular season starts you got to be ready and be on your A game so a lot of the defensive players were talking about this yesterday I wrote a little bit about it in the trib, um, the theory of how important one of their priority, go-to priorities for this camp is to make the offense better. Be good enough yourself so you can challenge the offense and make it better. Does that sound familiar to you, especially like during Cowers' first couple years where a lot of the defensive players were around and some of them had been assembled and you were breaking in a lot of new faces on offense? It's similar in that sense where you have a – younger group on the offensive side where uh, the same thing is going on this year. Yeah, you do want to make your offense better, but that's you want to make yourself better each week and each day. You want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today. Only way to do that is to be honest with yourself and to work. I mean, there's no formula for success and greatness outside of work. Hard work mm-hmm. gets you to that other point. I mean, on the other side of pain is that greatness. And they have the ability to be great if they can keep playing together, working together, figuring out how to get to the next level on the defensive side, to get to that dominance that I know they can be. And then on the offensive side, they're going to be younger, so they're going to play young at times, but they'll play great at times because they are talented. Uh, but it's going to come really come down to the same aspect that I always say that as a, when you're a stealer, it's always you want that defense to be physical even though it's hard to be physical in today's Mm -hmm. game but you still want them to be physical you can't let the refs dictate how you play the game and the health of tj watt is going to help them be physical throughout the whole year he has to stay healthy if he stays healthy they they got a pretty good defense when he's he's around when he's not healthy they're not the same type of defense when it comes to maturing and maturing quickly as a corner. You mentioned you had a truncated rookie season. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is here from Jump Street, got his contract signed right before the start of camp. Corey Trice is another rookie corner they got from your alma mater, they got from Purdue. Um, You've seen some Big Ten football. I'm sure you've seen Corey and Joey play a little bit here and there. How cable-ready are they to contribute, and what are the biggest lessons you have to learn quickly in your rookie year as an NFL corner? No seams, no posts, no goes. Okay. Don't get beat deep. Just like, just like if anything. Were those first words out of Dom Caper's mouth to you? When no, you... no. Well, when I first got into the league, I mean, I got to remember Tony Dungy was my coach. Okay. Right? Tony was very subtle That's and right. kind. Yeah, yeah. And I needed Tony when I first came into the league. But as a young player, you, you, you know, for me, I was a safety that moved the corner. Right, so I was learning how to play that position. These guys are playing their positions. Mm-hmm. So they should have a, a quicker turnover of getting into the league and playing the positions that they're playing. Um, but at the end all, it's really about 
when you go to college, and, and the difference between college and the pros is that in college you have some of those di- some of those weeks that you're like, oh, these guys aren't that good. You don't have those days in the pros. I mean, every week you're playing the best of the best of the best in the world, and you have to be on your A game. But you have to keep learning the game mentally, and you got to keep playing the game, the cat and mouse game with the quarterbacks and receivers. You can't show one thing and only do one thing as a corner. If you do that, if you ever if you're always pressed and you're always playing man when you're pressed. Everybody knows it. They'll game plan you. But now you can press, you can bail, you can press, bail, stop. You can do all kind of different things to receivers and quarterbacks that make you make them think about what you're doing. But that comes with age. You know, so I would think that the young corners out there, first thing, no seams on post, no go, stay upfield shoulders, make them work their way down the field. And hopefully somewhere along the line, the offense will make a mistake. And especially with their physical capabilities, their size, they've got the look of NFL corners. If they remember those principles, it could be an accelerated learning curve. It could be. But the size is great. Mm-hmm. Now you got to play big, right? So you got to – yeah, you're big. You're a big physical guy coming off the bus. Can you – do you play big or do you play small? I've seen big guys play small. I've seen small guys play big. So it depends on how they develop and how they play when they step onto the football field. Yeah, in college they did play big, but this is not college. I mean, you're the best of the best of the world is playing here. Now the great thing is is that the way they've kind of played the offensive side of football in college is very similar to what they're doing in the pros. So the changeover and that turnover, uh, the way they see things, is not so dramatic. And so I think that's going to help them when they step onto the football field on game day. Last thing about this current team, and I'll ask you about some of your 90s memories, but last thing about this current team. When it comes to coaching cliches, I, don't, I think every coach I've ever talked to has said the biggest leap you make is between year one and year two. Do you find that to be – you, you disagree with that? I disagree with that. You do? All right. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest jump is from year two to year three. Oh, okay. I, I mean, to me, yeah, year one and year two is because you get to see that, ooh, these guys are fast. Like, I knew, you know, when I came in, I knew I was fast. But I realized a lot of guys are fast in this league. But the biggest jump that I made was from year two to year three because it was mental. Yeah, year two, you're still trying to figure it out. Because you've seen it. You said, oh, these guys are pretty good. So you've seen them physically do things. But mentally, the capacity has to grow. And then I think once that's – when you realize that the game is starting to slow down for you mentally – it's normally that second to third year where you've been in it a couple of years, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that before. Well, it's funny you say that because I was going to ask you if that second to third year was actually more applicable for quarterbacks because, like, Kenny Pickett's going to his second year, and that mm-hmm. jump sometimes may not be as pronounced because they have so much to learn. But then again, it could also be more pronounced because they're starting from such a low point as a rookie with so much to do as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I just – I don't believe that we should go out and – grade and rank players the first couple of years because they're still learning. Mm-hmm. They're young players. I mean, if people did that to me coming out, that would have been – because I got beat quite a bit. And then somewhere along that third year where Rod Russ came in as our defense coordinator and he helped me understand the game and that the game is played through formations, not personnel groupings, and it just kind of like green light clicked on. It's like, oh, my God, this is all they do. They don't really change. Mm-hmm. And really, I think for most players, after the first two years, they get so comfortable. 
And now they're saying, oh, yeah, 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 I've seen this team you know, this many times. You know, we, we've seen Baltimore, you know, four times. This is what they do when they get through this formation. They're not going to really change. And then that's when your comfort zone, that's when you can start playing subconscious because that's where you want to get your guys to. You want to get them where they play subconscious, where they're not thinking when they step on the field. Mm-hmm. If you think on the field, you're going to think wrong sometimes, and you're going to sometimes hesitate, and that hesitation gets you beat. It's that subconscious play where you just go out and do it, where you're not thinking about breathing. You just breathe. You don't, have to, you don't think about walking. You just walk. Well, it's the same thing in football. You don't think about where your foot is going and where you want to be. You just do it. And I think that, to me, happens more in your third year than from your, second to your, your first to second year. I think once you get to that third year, that's when you get really comfortable and everything is slowed down for you, and you can just start being athletic. And that's what you want at the end of the day. You just want your guys to go out there and be athletic for them and just go, go out there and play. Lastly, uh, when the calendar turns to be the 30th anniversary of uh, the 94 team, uh, next year will be the 30th anniversary of the team that went to play Dallas in the Super Bowl. What do you remember most about the assembly of those two rosters and how close you came but couldn't seal the deal in both years? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, 94 was, we just, we really thought if we got to the Super Bowl, we were going to win. We were, I, I really believe it in our hearts. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, third and 17, we get beat over the top and we march back down, but we, we don't score yeah. and San Diego goes and I think they, Got blew out, and I can't remember their final score in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't great. 50-something to not a lot. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, going back in 95, I mean, for me, it was kind of a bittersweet year where I got hurt my, you know, 10th play of the opening game against Detroit, but having a coach like Bill Cowher who was open-minded to listen to me, to keep a roster spot open for me for the whole year, knowing that we're good enough to win and to get to that point again, and to leave that spot open for me uh, was pretty amazing. Then we go to, you know, we play Dallas. We don't get the win, but at least, you know, that was my first Super Bowl. And you never know in your career how many times you're going to go back, right? I didn't know I was going to go back two more times. Uh, not here in Pittsburgh, but I still went back two more times. As a player, you just never know that. So having those opportunities, but remembering those guys, you know, if you know, I think what's underrated about that whole two years is how good Cardinal Lake was who had to move to corner, yeah. who played outside linebacker in college, moved to safety, played our dime, moved to corner, and how great he played at the position to get us to the point to go to the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people forget about that. Um, and we talk about it all the time, how great athlete he was, and he doesn't get mentioned enough with that. Um, but if he didn't get to do that, and then Bill Cower didn't have, I don't know, uh, trust in me to, to believe in who I am, um, you know, he would have put me on IR and I would have been done. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the 95 season for what me. But you knew you had one Super Bowl under your belt, if nothing else. At, if nothing there. else, I said, hey, listen, four months, man, we can, we got a good football team. I don't think nobody's going to beat us. I, mm-hmm. We're going to get back to the postseason. Now we just got to win in that championship game. And we did so um, and had that opportunity. That was uh, Tim Benz with uh, Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, uh, a lot, of, a lot of stuff in there, Matt. Uh, you hear him talking about uh, the, those uh, teams of the mid-'90s that yeah. uh, you know went to AFC Championship games that went to the Super Bowl in 95. And he's right. Carnell Lake is oh, an Lake, overlooked so. on that. No doubt. I mean, big impression I get just hearing him speak is how cool, calm, confident he is. I mean, he knew he's he was good, and he's always, he's that, always way. that way. Yeah, it's really – 
imagine being his teammate and watching him on the field and then having him speak with you that way. Yeah. And I love that he brought up Lake, too. I mean, perfect Hall of Honor stealer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the epitome of why that exists is a guy like Carnell Lake. Yeah. I mean, again, to, to make that transition from college linebacker to safety and ended up playing cornerback in the NFL. <laughs> right. It's unheard of. Right. He was like 230 or 220 or something like that. Of. Right, right. I mean, I don't know if it's ever been done by anybody else. I bet not. I At bet least not, not in the last, you know, in the modern era of football. Yeah. I mean, it's such a team game that it's not all about the Hall of Famers. I mean, the, 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 a lot of those squads, Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I mean, LeVon Kirkland, there's so many Steelers defenders that were tremendous football players that might not quite got the accolades that you know the national media realized yeah always good to hear from uh, rob woodson again uh, uh just he's been around the game for so long now yeah you know truly an all-time player great. and a coach yeah he's well deserving of, of being in the hall of fame i mean that, that's wasn't even a question of when you know when if he was going to go in or not I, I referenced mike lombardi a lot who was a gm in the league and you know he's writing a, a second book right now kind of tearing the hall of famers yeah I think Rod's a tier one corner. I mean, yeah. which is like the ultimate. It's like Blunt and him and Dion, and then who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. But uh, we're going to get to another break here. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. We are live from Steelers training camp here at St. Vincent College. The Steelers have wrapped up training camp practice number three. We got one more left, Matt, tomorrow before they take a break on Monday. Mm -hmm. And then the pads come on on Tuesday. Yeah, wait. right, right. Good Can't stuff. Wait for that. Uh, so we'll. we'll uh, Keep you covered here with everything on that front. Uh, but we're going to take a break right now here on ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR.